0: sitting here at Line Creek Brewing, so if you start looking around, you're watching us on YouTube, you're going to see a bunch of tanks and uh, taps and everything else, and there's a story that goes along with that. We've uh, dropped a couple of episodes. You can check those out. Um, there was a brew that was made to support Hunter 7 Foundation and a lot of uh, local nonprofits. They uh, invited us here. We took the offer, and we're just uh, proud to be a part of it. So I'm Robert, and I'm joined by co-host. Paul Martinez, everybody. And Kyle Neal. How are you guys? So today we're joined by two gentlemen, Dylan and RJ. Thanks so much for coming to this episode. This is in our show. Cause I mean, it's been what? Six years in the making,
1: (laughs) it feels like. it. Yeah, a long time coming, (laughs) long time coming. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, we're gonna get into you guys' background and story and then we're gonna talk about what you guys uh, currently do and such. But, um, so I wanna take it back to, let's see, it was, um, we started in 2015 and I think our first episode was dropped to like December. We, I think, linked up like first part of 2016, if I'm not uh, mistaken, on social media. And um, right around that same time frame, Kobe, who now is the founder of Uncana that does um, you know kind of uh, holistic products and stuff like that, he uh, was owning a company at that time frame called Slate Operations. And Slate Operations was doing T-shirts and apparel like a lot of guys, if you weren't doing... Coffee. We're doing T-shirts. You know, that seemed to be the two.
1: That's right. One or the other. Two main
0: income drivers at that point for veterans, for sure. Right. And uh, so, anyway, he was doing that, and and I remember a T-shirt dropping that you guys did to help um, support, you know, veteran organizations or promote them, and uh, put all the logos on the back of the T-shirt. And mentors from military being brand new and I wanted to get some exposure, I reached out to all you guys and I'm like, hey, man, I want to be part of the Cool Kids Club. I want to be on the back of that T-shirt the next time you guys do it. And, you know, of course, you guys were appeasing me. Yeah, 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 no problem. You know, we'll we'll make that happen. Let's make it work. And then you guys never did it again.
1: Yeah. uh, that's, That's due to us not knowing. Anything about anything, <laughs> really. We were just, again, it started out, you know, me and my brother at the time. Uh, my brother had gotten out of first bat at in, around that time frame. I think he was making his way down to Florida, and uh, I was still there. That was when I kind of started listening to you guys, started listening to the podcast. I didn't even know what a podcast was in 2016, really. But nor uh, did I when we started yeah, it, up, to be honest with you. Yeah, exactly. And that was the the very beginning of our social media presence. I didn't. Yeah. I mean, me and my brother didn't uh, me not until very recently have our own personal stuff or any of that. We just kind of stayed off of it. I think Facebook Messenger for deployments maybe, and that's about right. as far as it went. So, even getting into meeting guys like Kobe and you guys, and I was like, I don't even know if this is real. Like this is we're just right. selling shirts, and yeah, we should make a page so nobody takes our stuff. Like that's about <laughs> yeah. as much thought as I put into it.
0: But you Whoa. guys had these cool black and white photos and everything too. That was different than <laughs> everybody else. Now, yeah, 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 yeah. Now hey, dig the black and white. Yeah. yeah. Now Thank Jocko you. does the same thing, but I mean, yeah, I think you guys were one of the originals. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it. Um, I think it really. I don't even really know how that started. I think again, I'll, some people give us credit. I've heard people like, "Hey, whoever does y'all's branding, whoever," and I'm like. Yeah. I don't, I don't really ever claim to know what I'm doing. I black and white originally was like, Hey, what's, what's timeless? What's tough? Yeah. What's never right. going to go out of style. All right. I mean, you can't beat black and white. You know what I mean? No, so you don't have I, to worry about the lighting or anything. That's exactly, that's exactly it. I was like, yeah. man, it, it makes everybody look a little bit better. I don't have yep. to worry about Photoshop or any of this stuff. I can just black and white it and throw it up there and yeah, I think it's a,
2: gritty and nostalgic. and uh, oh, yeah. That all yeah. came from uh, Connor and Dylan, yeah, for sure. Eventually it's
1: it's, yeah, I was going to say, well, eventually that's we've kind of just leaned into that over the years, and that's yeah. kind of our staple now somehow, so yeah. <laughs> we'll Let's roll with it. it.
0: No, yeah. it definitely works, and, and I think when we do it, it's not nearly as powerful as you guys because you started it off at the very beginning, so when people come to your page, it's known. Briggins is black-and-white photos. Yeah, you know,
1: I, I think a lot of that came from, my brother and I say it all the time, is sometimes good guys don't don't wear white you know that's like the biggest thing is you know it's it's from the old minor threat you know song from the that's how we grew up skating and punk music and all that and that's what they're that's you know they have the song and uh yeah sometimes good guys don't wear white you look you can look rough around the edges but you can be the good guy in the room and yeah kind of leaned into that so
0: so in 2016 i think when we first started connecting i don't know right then if um, we started trying to see if you guys could get on the podcast. But it was a, a period of time sometime, I know thereafter, where we just kind of hinted around it. But you guys went dark for a period of time. <laughs> and you told you told the whole, you know, nation is like, hey, we're going to be checking out, you know. And you did for like, I want to yeah. say a year and a half or Yeah, more. about a
1: year and a half. Almost, yeah. almost closer to two years, really. We uh, Yeah, because we started in 2015. Again, um, I was still in battalion. My brother had just gotten out. And... Uh, it started off. it was just T-shirts that were cool for the boys. you know <laughs> that's all it was It was, "Hey, we can make these T-shirts for 10 bucks. Let's see if somebody can throw us a 20 so we can buy yeah. some more after that." And it was just walking into the cough at Deco, and then the S1 or the S shop wanted some, and then, you know, it just kind of we thought, hey, maybe we have something here, but we had no care to re- or we don't I didn't have the creative drive to come out with a new t-shirt every month and do all of this different stuff and we kept it simple we had a little success we brought it to social media and then I ended up getting out um around the 2000 late 2016 time frame and it was like you know your life kind of gets turned upside down a little bit sure. and uh I was making my way back down to Florida and started working construction and going to college and my life was just very different and right. this whole brigands t-shirt thing was like all right what are we doing you know yeah, we, it's yeah, like we, a hobby yeah it's know. like sure we've got the, what three thousand two thousand <laughs> followers on social media but i'm not sure really what that means and you know let's yeah. just take a break until we have a true direction and you know we we have more of a purpose so See, we we did go dark
0: i long. totally thought it was because you guys deployed
1: oh no, no that would have been a much better story um <laughs> <laughs> but again it is just lack of knowledge and uh really just uh, just unbeknownst to us what we were going to end up doing. he's like
0: so, totally well, killed the whole story I man know, i'm like oh, I man know. i hear i, I mess mess up. He was
2: thinking this might help a little bit so i i end up meeting these guys around was it 16
1: yeah, probably yeah. 16, 17.
2: Somewhere. So I end up meeting him, and I think it was either you or Connor were, was wearing this shirt, like with the diamond in the front. Uh, and uh, I was like, oh, man, that's a badass shirt. Like, where do I get one? And they're like, oh, actually, we make them. And I was like, okay, well, wh- how does it work? And they're like, oh, we haven't made them in a while. But and not, hey, not we're, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to get through fire school. We're kind of taking a break from <laughs> it. But when we pick that up, you can get one. So they get through fire school. They right. get on their departments. And now they're in a shift where they're like on one day, two days off, and I'm like, okay, like, you guys gonna start again? They're like, no, and I was like, hey man, and and throughout that time frame, I was like, yeah, why'd you guys even start that? And they started telling me what it means, like, hey, you know, basically, if you're wearing the shirt, it started at first bat, and some of the other battalions started asking for them, and it kind of grew up a little, or blew up a little bit, and uh, we kind of told the guys, hey man, if you're wearing the shirt you're the hardest guy you know in the room you're working harder than anybody or at least you're doing your best like if you walk by a piece of trash you don't god this place is a mess no you're the guy who picks it up and puts it away and you're the guy that sets the example exceeds the standards you don't meet any standards like those standards are their standards our standards Standards are are you always exceed so i just love the story and when it got done with fire school that's when i really put it started putting the screws to him like dude i want a shirt i'm serious yeah. <laughs> and uh and then we just started talking about what that meant to him and uh i just remember being in the like i was like hey man if you need like do you guys even have a business license like do you guys know what you're doing and um they were like a business license like uh, it, like we haven't we just make t-shirts and i was like all right well i'll tell you what I'll get you a business life. Like, how about if I help you get this back off the ground? And we just started talking, and they talked it over, obviously, being brothers from Texas. And uh, and then we just sat down one time and like, yeah, let's do this. Like, all three of us kind of looked at each other like,
1: are yeah, you in? I mean, I guess it doesn't really seem all that crazy. Somebody from a battalion background, you know, that was in regiment or that was in the military, it's like, right. yeah, of course, that's everyone. But I think the big part of what... Kind of flipped the switch in me and me and connor's head was when we got out and i was working on a job site doing construction and i'm in college and i felt like all of those people i just took for granted being surrounded by yeah i'm like where where'd they all go like they're right. all gone i got my right. brother here and that's it and it's like man it's just that integrity driven that high octane lifestyle where you're just hungry for everything no matter what it is yeah. you know it's that became very it, it, it was very aware that that was a rare thing, and we yeah. kind of took it for granted when we were there. You know, you just assume everybody thinks that way until they don't, and then, you know, that's when we were like, "Man, this has that we have to really push this." And and there are not to say that those people don't exist, because that's where we're making our buck right now is really finding those people and bringing them together, because they're out there. I find them in the fire service, I find them in any profession, but it's kind of sounding the alarm via Brigands Co. To be mm-hmm. like, hey, let's build this. If you're out there, let's get together. Let's get a shirt on your back and, and do some good. So. Did you guys
0: start off with your tagline of by any means necessary in the beginning? Or when did that come about?
1: Yeah, that was... Because I can't uh, remember. Uh, yeah. That was really when RJ came on and we started. So when RJ came on, it was really... I think he downplays it a little bit. It was really him just hitting us with the officer vibe that was like, listen... <laughs> <laughs> Here's my, here's my presentation. Yeah. He hit us up on a Zoom call, and I'm like, dude, you're my friend. Like, just call. Like, <laughs> dude, he hit yeah. us with, like, what are you guys doing? You said you were going to wait till you were, you were hired and you were a full-time fireman. Well, you're that now. Yeah. All right, you got your time. You got your, your salary. Like, all this stuff. What are you guys doing? This is what I think. This is how I see it. I think you guys are sitting on something here. Let me help you. Let's let's tackle this. Are one. you for hire,
2: RJ? <laughs> 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 Always. We
1: might need that direction. <laughs> you know, I, and, and when
2: he says offers for vibe, I think it was really more the senior NCO, big brother vibe. Absolutely. So, yeah. Give so give I was like, let's get her down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I've,
1: I've said it from the beginning. It's like, yeah, RJ's one of my best friends, but of course, I'm gonna go to him for just about any issue yeah. in my life. You know, I we beat him in the years quite a bit. So, um, but yeah, that's really, you know, we started really trying to hammer down with it. Me being you know, it was just me and my brother, we kind of always had that, like, yeah, you know what this is. Yeah, I know what this is. But no one else really knew to an extent. So RJ really did a good job of coming in and just forcing us to talk more about it and forcing us to put it into a groove and and really give it direction. So I think it was me imagine that on one of my rants where I'm just walking around the house and I'm just throwing my hands up and whatever, whatever. And I was like, you know, getting pretty passionate about, no, this this freaking Brigands Co. is service before self, integrity driven by any freaking means necessary. And we were like, all right. So there's really like a blank bit before by any means necessary. It's integrity right. by any means necessary, service before self by any means necessary. You you fill in the blank, but it, it whittled down to by any means necessary, and that is a we we hold that very true to being a strong, strong statement yeah
2: we we were like writing down taglines and connor yeah. had his book out He he had his look old regiment ranger yeah, green record notebook. Notebook. that's, right. yeah. that's right. he's, he's got it in the car yeah. right now yeah. so and we were writing stuff down and i i i think i had seen it or heard it somewhere before we're gonna get this done by any means necessary and i i think you both were like
1: whoa yeah. uh it just kind of stands out on a yeah. piece of paper yeah that's
2: it so that's the that's the go-to
0: so let's go fun. let's go into the background because you know, you mentioned several times you being part of you know 75th Ranger Regiment and such. So where where was the it was Florida home always?
1: No, uh originally me and my brother both uh we very similar story. He's only a year older than me, so we're we're twins born a year apart really. And uh and he's the best wrestling partner. He's in my he's in my weight class. I mean, yeah, yeah we we get after it when we're in the same room for sure, but uh yeah, originally from Fort Worth, Texas. Um my dad was a fireman growing up. Uh mom worked at a bank. Pretty, you know, middle class, nothing too crazy. Played every sport we could and uh got really into wrestling. Once I kinda stopped growing at like sixth grade, I was like, um <laughs> I don't think I don't think football yeah, is yeah. gonna be it for me. So this thing has weight classes, that sounds pretty rad. So we uh really leaned into wrestling. Um that sport itself, just we won't go into that too much, but that taught us a whole another side to mental fortitude. That and probably really set you up yeah. for a- being abso- a ranger. Absolutely, I mean, it's you're out there by yourself, and at a seemingly young age, and it's no one's fault but yourself, and it's no yeah. one's glory but your own. You know, so that that was a huge. You know, I recommend that to anybody, of course. But coming from that, we worked a summer job, uh, just in the summer heat, un boxing 18 wheelers and palletizing stuff and yeah in, in the middle of texas and yeah. exact. we're and my brother was already kind of leaning the military route but not really sure what he wanted to do my dad was an air uh a fireman in the air force before he was a career fireman as a civilian so he always preached the military but not a combat role necessarily anything like that so mm-hmm. we were always teasing it and you know in between pallets we were unloading we were Racing to 50 push-ups and then you know racing down the you know down the concrete bays and stuff like that and um, that leaned into our supervisor at the time was uh, a ranger at okay. 175 ACO back in the 80s uh, talked to us every day about Panama and Just Cause and you know all of that stuff and just that's where we really were like whoa. I've never heard yeah. of that. Like, yeah. I only know what the Texas Rangers are. I, it's more than a baseball team. Like, wow, that's <laughs> crazy. So we were like, oh, okay. And he was the first one to be like, you guys are crazy. If you think you're going to go sit in a college classroom right now, you guys are going to kill someone. <laughs> <I was laughs> like, Y'all are insane. You need to, you need to get into the military this. And he would write it down. He'd rip a piece of paper off of the packing sheet and, and write down everything we needed to do. He was like, you're going to go to OSIT. You're going to go to, you're going to look for an option 40. If you can't get that, you're going to be the PT. stud if you, you know, and that's, that will not fail. Like right. you will be the PT. Right. stud, and I will make sure when you guys get there. And like just really mapped it out for us, and that we were sold, especially my brother. him being a year older, I was a junior, he was a senior, ready to right. make a move. Um, he made it happen. Everything on that piece of paper started knocking out, And then a year to the day I left for the army, so he left March 4th. A year later, yep. March 4th, I went in. And did you uh, both have Option 40 contracts? No, neither of us did okay. actually. Um, so you the, had to be the PT stuff. The, the, oh. Yeah, you yeah, had the, yeah, the,
3: the what is it? The airborne X-ray.
1: My brother had airborne. I okay. had straight infantry. I had 11 nice. Bravo, and because I waited. Way for to believe all, in yourself. <laughs> yeah. It, luckily, did you have?
0: X-ray or did you have Bravo?
1: it was bravo it okay w- it was bravo Smart. so that was I,
0: yeah. right before i guess they started making it where because everybody then started coming in x-ray and they may go mike well, or you could, you could ask for it
1: okay
3: okay I wasn't sure if it yeah. was just and if like that a, guy was guiding you he probably was like make sure you get 11 bravo yeah, yeah. and not just
1: he didn't even want us inventory. to go he he was calling us crazy for going without the 40 but at yeah. one at some point i was like i just got out i'm i'm not competing in wrestling anymore um I'm not going to sit around for eight, nine months to a year yeah. as a civilian. I, I'm going to go. I, I can believe in myself. And luck, And from my point of view as well, so much credit to my brother for paving the way and, and being the guinea pig there, and he was just shoving all the answers to me. He's like, what are you going yeah. to the gym for? Do push-ups. What yeah. are you doing this? Put a ruck on your back and just go until you collapse. Like, Just do all of these. He was feeding me all the answers, and you know, I luckily didn't have, I think, besides some shin splints and stuff, I mean, going through rasp and stuff right. like that was pretty simple i mean we were our runs and our push-ups and all that stuff was i, I wasn't even going to leave for basic training until we were 400 club and the pt test and okay. stuff like that it really yeah. wasn't any other option but yeah. to win well and so if you're if
3: you're good at wrestling you've got a good wrestling background the physical nature of you know your initial training oh and, and even <laughs> a lot of selection stuff Absolutely. Yeah, if you're it's in wrestling shape, difficult. like
0: premier wrestling shape, you're you're able to do all of this. Oh, things. yeah, that absolutely. That
1: shouldn't be the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so he was already at 175? He was, I'm trying to think, he was on his first deployment when I was going to basic. Because yeah. I remember we hadn't... With, was the, with 175? Yes, okay. with 175. Yeah. He was a private at 175 on his first rotation, and uh, I was in basic. And I think that's us kinda leapfrogging and chasing me chasing him around was the longest we had ever not been together. I mean, we were attached at the hip up until that point. So uh that was another reason why I was every day it's like, man, what if I don't get, you know, the highest PT test or, yeah. or whatever, I'm gonna wind up in Tacoma, Washington. My brother's a beach boy in Savannah. Yeah. Like my parents are gonna kill us. Like they're gonna freak. Like they're not gonna yeah. be a fan of that, you know? Um so there was in a way, there was some pressure on me, just little brother. Like, man, well, he did it. I'm not gonna be the guy that can't do it, you <laughs> right. know. So it was a little bit of pressure, but all in the good way, it, all, all good things. So, um, yeah, both ended up making our way down there, and day one, showing up to one, you know, to 175, standing outside of staff duty. I'll never forget. Staffs aren't about you know big headed dude, just like yeah. the scariest guy in the world. Just walks up and goes. Where the, where the hell's Curtis at? And I was like, Oh God, they already yeah. know my name here. Oh, this yeah. is not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they said, You're coming to Deco. <laughs> I was like, All right. And I you know I couldn't be in uh, same platoon as my brother, right. but you know, hopped in the one right next door and had the barracks room right above me, and nice. it was the whole thing, man. It was it was surreal it really that's was crazy cool. to look nice. back on it
3: that's so freaking cool you got to serve with your brother yeah and we'd yeah. see him
1: we, you know he'd be on this bird faster open i'd be yeah. over here and we'd be high-fiving each other passing by at the range and yeah it's, it's a it's pretty wild to think back it feels almost like uh feels almost like a different dream like looking like a different life looking back on it and you're like wow yeah. that really did happen we did do that for a little while so really we'll
0: cool back on that. yeah rj what about you
2: uh Dif- different story, but uh, no. <laughs> I, uh, I actually was born in Las Vegas, Nevada, and my dad was at fighter weapons school. He's a fighter pilot. Uh, flew five different generation jets, uh, two tours in Vietnam, one with the F-105, one with the F-4. So we literally moved every couple wow. years. Uh, I think the longest I ever lived was in Texas for four years, and we moved from Texas to Germany uh, for another four years. And I... Like in Texas, between soccer and wrestling, those were my kind of sports. And over in Germany, I got into uh, like German soccer. And because of my dad having to live on base, I couldn't go to the German school, but I was on a German soccer team and um, just sports. And I, I don't know why you guys were in all those sports, but for me... I wasn't necessarily a book guy, so right. <laughs> I, uh, I made grades so I could stay in sports, and that was, I just loved it. Uh, I love getting pushed, challenged, you know, and especially in wrestling, when, especially when somebody tells you you can't do something or, hey, this is the best wrestler in Europe, like, is he? Let's go find out, yeah. you know. <laughs> and win or lose, you learn a lot. Like, so I, I really enjoy sports and that. And I would say between actually what turned out to be cross-country soccer and wrestling like that, wrestling was the one like those were the coaches that they could see your limit and and just ease you past them as the season went on and uh, they just had a gift that way and you know I found out a lot about myself during those years and and that uh you know you find out you know a lot as you go forward in your military career too Mm -hmm. and especially in SOCOM and um you know like we were talking about earlier I uh I was raised and around all these fighter pilots. And, uh, you know, especially while we were in Germany, it's F-15 and those guys are, that's all they do is drink and fly and fight. So, um, you know, all his friends would say, RJ, what are you gonna do when you grow up? It's like, fighter pilot and everyone would cheer. Yeah. And then I just remembered there there was a weird point in my life where, you know, I was easing towards that time period where you do make decisions that affect the rest of your life or at least the next phase of your life and uh, my dad had to go on a TDI. Hey, I'm, you know, going. Oh, where are you going? Spain. What are you gonna be doing? Ah, I'm on this accident board. You know, if, you know that in the news, a, a fighter pilot, you know, F-15 burned in, and you know, a pilot lost his life. And we're gonna go figure out why. I was like, okay. And um, when he came home, I was like, so what happened? And he was, he said, well, it wasn't a pilot error. It turned out to be a part, and we're gonna fix it across, you know, all the planes so it doesn't happen again. So you know, what we ended up doing, I was gone for over a month and, you know, it's going to save some lives apparently. And we didn't even know there was a problem. Now we do. So we're going to fix it. And I was like, okay, but something happened in my little teenager brain. that was like, hold on, some gasket caused a death that, you know, I was like, all right, maybe I need to figure something else out. <laughs> <laughs> and within a, within yeah. a couple of weeks, you know, we're in, we're in Germany. And so armed forces network, the only English speaking channel in Germany, yeah. like, so you're watching that You're watching these TV shows and these military commercials, like, you know, come on and, you know, I see this commercial about special forces and guys are jumping out of planes, you know, free fall, not just static line and, and guys are just appearing out of the field and it's a sniper and you're like, where do he come from? And, you know, guys are coming out of the water and, uh, I was like. Wow, that looks awesome! So I actually,
0: remembered that commercial. Yeah, it was a it was a really good commercial. I do
2: yeah. remember that. Yeah, it was it was right after the GED commercial. Yeah, <laughs> perfect timing. Perfect timing. So, <laughs> so instead
3: of a gasket, you just do everything dangerous. Yeah, all the yeah, time. Right. Well, yeah. and
2: and and really, when I found out exactly what that group was, you know, small teams. You know, if anything goes wrong, it's it's you know, it's right on them, and it's yeah. kind of like you're talking about on the wrestling mat, like. Either you did something wrong or you do everything right. And, you know, it's it's uh it was a really cool and I and at the end of that commercial, called this recruiter and my voice hadn't even changed. Like I'm you know, I'm pre puberty calling, Hey, I wanna be in special forces and like, yep. now son, how old are you? <laughs> and uh, you know, he's quick on his feet and he actually mailed me a book list and he goes, Hey, look, we like our guys to be smart, so you gotta graduate. So while you're going through school, if your teachers want you to do a book report, I'm going to send you a list and you can f- read about us, you know, and, and figure out more and see if this is really what you want to do when you graduate, but you've got to graduate. So that was pretty cool. And uh, very cool. And I read some of the books and the more I read, the more I was like, that's, that's what I want to do.
3: Where, so where was this re- recruiter located when you're going through this process? I think he was
2: down yes. in Bad Tolt. <laughs>
3: okay. okay. Yeah.
2: And I'm oh. in Bitburg, Germany, near Luxembourg. And okay. And, uh, yeah, he's like, Hey, are you on base housing? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, go to your kitchen and look at your mail and read me the address and I'm going to, you know, I'll write it down and I'll send you a book list. Yeah. And, like he knew exactly. Like, yeah. so huh. I'm sure he talked to a lot of kids who had the same phone call, but, uh, it was really cool. And well, now, when you came experience. in, could you come in, uh, were you under the 18 x-ray? Is that what you came in? Or what was the timeline? You know, honestly, um, it was kind of funny like as I leaned towards high school we ended up in uh we we moved from Germany to Alabama I did my 11th grade year there uh and then went to Virginia Mm -hmm. and uh during my senior year like at the beginning of that year I took the ASVAB because that's I wanted a two-year Airborne Ranger contract and then at the end of that I was gonna be like hey if you let me try out for Special Forces I'll I'll sign up again right or re-enlist and uh so as recruiters, as soon as that ASVAB hits, like, they just descend on you, right? right, you know, in high school. Not so, for everybody. Well, <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. I was a recruiter. Yeah. We don't right. go. There. Yeah. somebody yeah. out there listening, and they just, yeah. they just took
3: the ASVAB, and they're like, that didn't happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah.
2: But, um, yeah, so the Marine Corps was just relentless. It was hilarious, and yeah. I'm sure that's why they're usually a little more successful than most. But um, my dad sat me down and he goes, hey, look, your your mom and I n- never asked for anything. You wanna go to the military? We want you to go to school. Why don't you try a military school? Like it, it, there's these two year military junior colleges, like you can go for two years and then, you know, go special forces in the reserve and guard while you finish your degree and then you can go active duty and I was like, oh. you know, and in my mind I was like, I do not want to go to college. But right. It's, it's my dad asking yeah you know, yeah he's my he, hero right yeah so uh well, no and he pressure it. He, and it, i think he just heard the hesitation in my voice and he was like look i'll make you a deal uh you do the like the the initial part and you start school if it's not for you drop and they they're going to send you to a six weeks rotc basic camp so when you go to basic training you'll be that farther ahead of everybody and like that's you know That'll help you out. Yeah. And you're getting paid as an E5 and you can quit anytime, you know, like just go, that's all I asked. Just go to that first part. And I was like, I could do that, you know? And, uh, I had this recruiter, um, before I left and I was like, Hey, look, I'm going to go try this thing. Uh, you know, I'll be back in a little while and, and just keep that contract, that two year contract. I know you can't save me a place, but that's what I want when I get home. And he's like, all right. So I go to, I go off for six weeks and I have a blast. And uh, we had this guy, Sergeant Lilly, and he was our drill instructor, Vietnam, 101st guy, just didn't give a shit who we were. (laughs) Like he was just awesome. Like he was, it felt like real basic training, although, you know, I'm sure he had his limitations, but we had a good time. And when he dropped us, it was for a hundred and hey, go run two miles, like come back, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, I came home and I was like, okay, I I did it my dad's way and now I'm gonna go enlist. So I went and uh, he had a two year contract. I had to wait, like uh, I think it was two weeks before I left, which isn't long at all in yeah. the grand scheme of things. And, uh, and as we read through the whole thing, he was like, hey RJ, um, this is gonna sound weird and I don't do this very often, I've done it two other times, but uh, I want you to go home and sleep on it and we're gonna come back tomorrow morning if you still feel the same way, I'm gonna have you sign it. And don't worry, we'll go through it again it, in its entirety, so you know, I didn't sleep, you know, pull a fast one or whatever, but for whatever reason, just go home and sleep on it. And make sure this is the right thing for you. So I went home. I was like, that's weird, you know. I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll go in and sign it tomorrow. In two weeks, I'll be in basic. And uh, as I was leaving the house, the phone rings, and um, so I answer it, and this guy was like, Hey, is uh, Robert J Casey there? And I was like, uh, No, my dad's at work, and he goes. You, oh, uh, hey, is this Robert J. Casey Jr.? And I said, yeah, yeah, this is me. Uh, What's going on? And he goes, hey, has anyone from New Mexico military called you yet? And I was like, no. Like, I mean, they called me before I went to basic camp, but no. And he goes, well, uh, this is Captain Hoppy, and uh, let me be the first to congratulate you. You want a two-year contract. So, you know, your whole time in NIMI is going to be paid for, your uniforms, your lab fees, everything tuition everything's covered i was like oh <laughs> shit i can't turn down free college <laughs> Son of a beast thing, you know, like, oh god dang it okay i was like oh, well thank you you know i appreciate yeah. it yeah free money for college yeah great Woo. um and then you know i called the recruiting. and he just started laughing he was like i, I don't know why but uh, yeah i just for one I, for some reason i just knew you had a different path and Good that luck with everything. Keep weird. in touch.
3: So he didn't know. He didn't have any insider information. He just Nothing. he just had a gut feeling. Yeah yeah hmm. and and, and as
2: recruiters as you know that's yeah. pretty rare so well, i was well, very lucky n-
0: normally we end up talking you out. Know, you don't really want to be an officer if you go in as an enlisted first see what it's all about it's officer, because right? that way yeah. i get the credit right now yeah. and then you no, know sure. for sure yeah. so you had a really good recruiter who uh, certainly cared for you like zen
2: master recruiter <laughs> apparently <huh? laughs> that's crazy, man. Uh, that's yeah the and uh, you know for you yeah. yeah and i i went to Nimi and i met a uh, Gilbert Alvarado, who was the captain at the time, was my first military mentor. Uh, Just awesome. Small unit tactics, like you can't get enough of those. Learn the basics. That's your foundation. You're going to be so tired in a combat zone. You're going to go back to your basic foundational training. And he was my first real guy that I can point to. This is where it started militarily and in special operations for me. Like he's the reason why i passed special forces school ranger school like you know uh and then you know i get to my unit and i'm and that's an early commissioning program so i'm i turned 21 i took a year off of college and to be fully qualified as a special forces officer and i turned 21 at the q course so super young didn't know anything like literally uh I had Dave Gallant who was like this, he was running guns, you know, in the during the Cold War across the lines, you know, in uh, Berlin. And, uh, you know, he's my instructor. And he's like, he looks at me and I, all we did was wear rank and um, cross rifles and name tape. No patches, no nothing after that. And uh, like that's after selection. So in the Q course, you actually wear your rank and, and nothing else, no unit patches. And, and he was like, you don't even shave, do you? I was like no, no, Sergeant, I don't have to shave. (laughs) He goes, you do now, you're going to dry shave in front of me every morning. And I was like, that's that's awesome. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, he made me hit puberty apparently. Uh, (laughs) But no, I, you know, I, I remembered, you know, it's, it's funny because all of that, uh, I just felt like a sponge soaking up all this knowledge, you know, this, these amazing people around me teaching us, and I remembered one of the things he did. First thing, he walked in and he had a broken nose and two black eyes. And uh, again, he and he was the Sugar Shack. Which, if you're around Fort Bragg, you, you know the Sugar Shack. And it's probably not even open today, but he he probably walked in and told somebody to crack him because I, I got to scare these kids tomorrow or whatever. You know, I don't yeah, know. But he so. walked in. And he was probably still drunk, but he threw his beret on the ground, kicked sand in, and he goes, this beret doesn't mean shit. What you do every day from this moment on is what counts. Like, do not do not sit back and sit on your tab and say, I've made it. Like, you will work hard every day in this career field, and you will do amazing things. And Like, he was a, a super, like, it's funny as all that sounds, he was a very positive influence, along with... I mean, everybody I met along the way. It's been an incredible ride, and it still is. So I, I still what, what group did here.
0: you end up going to initially then?
2: So I uh, i wanted to go to Radford University because it had just switched from an all-girls school, and so the ratio <laughs> was insane. <laughs> <laughs> and well, one, of my, one of my best friends from high nice. school was there, and while I was in military school, which basically, as a you know, pre yeah boy who couldn't wait to find out about girls, like I was imprisoned and he was in the opposite. Like right. he was 180 he was from where I was. Be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, pretty much. And he was telling me all these stories like that's it I'm going to Radford. So, um I joined the nearest special forces unit to that, which was 2nd Battalion 19th Special Forces okay. in the West Virginia Army Guard. Yeah. And uh Tom Workman, I interviewed with him uh and, you know, the rest is history. You know, I was there for over a decade and and because I was so young and because I looked like I was 15 and not, you know, NSF officer, I was like everyone's little brother, and just hey, get over here, kid. This is the radio. This is how you do it. This is how you maintain That's it. Cool. This is you know here's here's all the crazy antennas you can use, and you know, and every MOS grabbed me and taught me everything they knew about it, and it was awesome. I just had a blast. It was, I felt very lucky, and, and, and even looking back, I, I still feel extremely lucky to have that experience and and to go through the process that way. So.
0: So how was that final college step? Was it everything you thought it was going there after it being a
2: uh, former all women's school? Yeah, well, so I, as I was about to Uh, start Robin Sage. Yeah. That same guy, Tom Workman from 19th Group called me and he goes, hey, RJ, uh, I know you're gonna be soon and done in a couple months. Um, It says here, Radford University. I was like, yeah. And I, I said, I'm gonna start there in the fall. And he goes, well, you know we pay for college if you go in state and i was like (laughs) god not again so he probably saved my ass you know the the universe again just steering me back onto the proper course uh and he goes yeah well you you know i was like oh you have college in west virginia like what, what do you have and uh this is the late 80s so i'm that old and uh so he said well we have marshall university i was like I never heard of it, and uh, and you know the big story with Marshall. It became a movie with right. Matthew McConaughey. Later, I didn't know anything about it. So he goes, "Well, it's the number two college in the country for teaching, so it's a pretty big deal. It's a small college, but it's a." No, oh, Tom, still never heard of it. What else you got? Yeah. And he's like, West Virginia University. And they had just gone to the Rose Bowl. <laughs> so I definitely had heard of them. You started so.
3: burning couches on Saturday. Go, right. yeah. <laughs> go oh, Mille <millionaires. laughs> So I was
2: like, okay, I'll go there. And he goes, well, it's like four hours away. I was like, I don't care. I'm going to go to West Virginia University, and I'll, yeah. I'll see you as soon as I graduate. And uh, so I end up in Morgantown, West Virginia, and I base out of there for probably like 20 years and had a blast in wow. 19th group had a great time so yeah wow that's how i started
0: well how, how how did you end up getting into like pararescue and all that kind of stuff then because you did end up getting into some of that right
2: oh yeah yeah so i'm with uh so it was kind of weird after 911 so i was contracting um and i was working a lot of south america so colombia uh colombia was crazy um, and I started contracting, uh, you know, in the nineties and then as, uh, 2000 approached at the late nineties, I ended up going to in 94, I ended up having an almost catastrophic injury with my ankle. Uh, I was told I was never going to walk normal again. Mm. And, um, so I get through that and that diverted me from my officer path and I dropped my commission to become an 18 Delta in 19th group and to go to med school. That was my plan. Because uh, I had 11 months in therapy to to walk normal again, quote unquote, and uh, and during that 11 months of just doing therapy, um, you know, I I started imagining myself going down this medical path. And so when I got back, I I had to do a couple of trips as an officer, and I told my unit, my battalion commander, I was like, "Hey man, this is the route I'm gonna go," and he was like, "Oh my God, are you crazy? Like you're about to be." The support company commander we're going to put you to staff like you could you're going to be a line company commander what are you talking about and i was like well i want to go to med school i don't want to be a god you just mentioned two staff jobs like that's not yeah. why i joined <laughs> right. like, i just almost threw up in my mouth so i'm i'm going to stay with like this still
0: sounds better so you should have so, listened to the recruiter if you'd have met me i would have talk to you go right. enlisted right off there, the bat we
2: <laughs> well it was kind of cool though uh that those are for official uh those initial first eight years, like I learned a lot about all these MOS's. Like mm. I wasn't just an 18 Delta. So, and I, and I had a broader picture of what we're supposed to be doing.
0: Did you go to E six or E five when you gave up the commission?
2: E five. E5. So I was, a I was a captain and dropped to E five. Wow. And yeah, I know. How does that work when you're already branch <laughs> certified after like being a Lieutenant? So I, I show up at the 18, De- so I timed it, um, And I ended up doing those two trips because they needed me to do it. But also the 18 Delta course was shut down. So they were moving, they were consolidating it from half San Antonio, half Fort Bragg. They were moving it all to Fort Bragg. So uh, I was like, okay, you know, I could do these two trips and and then drop my commission and then, uh, and, and maybe do some other stuff, drop my commission and start in that first course in the summer of 96. So I was like, I could do this. Just this could work, you know. So, um, I, I left. The last thing I did as an officer was uh, they needed OIC. They didn't need an OIC, but they wanted help to run a pre-scuba at, at Seventh Group. So, and I knew a bunch of the Seventh Group divers, and uh, Dave Standridge was there, and Tommy, like Thomas, was there, and a bunch of the guys. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'll help you run a pre-scuba, and then I'll come home for a week, pack my crap, come back sneak into the 18 delta course nobody will know and then i'll just get through the 18 delta (laughs) course yeah like what an idiot right so i go run this pre-scoop. i have a blast with like mark geller dave Standrich and the guys and uh come home drop my commission the paperwork starts they get they know they're going to get me in that course because they were like we need people like this course when it opens up we need as many people as we can so they were taking everybody from the guard to go there uh and then all the active duty and cuz they they hadn't trained any 18 deltas and they were already short and yeah. then they stopped the process for a year they needed people so um so I show up and day 1 and I didn't I looked at my orders and I, like the big thing is is it the right course date and yeah. is it the right course like that's our state wasn't exactly you know paperwork guys so uh I just made the, sure those two were correct and I didn't read I my name's on it. So yeah. oh I'm good. I didn't read everything and I should have like always Uh-oh. read the fine print. So at day one at the course, um we uh were in there and like two hours in and it's all intro stuff. Hey, here's the instructors that are gonna train you for the next year and you know, here's the deal. And uh this this is the broad structure of the curriculum. It's gonna be brutal, but you guys can do it, you know, whatever. And uh, all of a sudden this This big ginger E-8 kicks in the door to the classroom and goes, who the fuck is Captain Robert J. Casey? I was like, oh my God, how (laughs) how
1: did that happen?
2: And uh, I was like, oh God, I can't believe this. He goes, well, where is he? I was like, "Uh, I'm Sergeant Casey. He goes, are you Sergeant Robert J. Casey? I was like, yeah. And he goes, were you Captain? get out here. <laughs> and so we get in the hallway and I tell him the story. I was like, Hey, you know, I just dropped my commission. I'm, i I want to go to med school and I want to stay in the guard as the 18 Delta as I go through this crazy process. I want to, I want to stay on the teams. I didn't yeah. want to do staff. Like he goes, you're an officer. Like, and I'm wearing a, an SF and a Ranger tab and I didn't wear anything else. Like I was halo and scuba and right. I just, I just wanted them to just leave me alone. And yeah. I didn't really care about the other stuff. And, uh, and so he's like, that's pretty cool. Go back to class. I'm like, bro, you just out of me. Yeah. <laughs> Am I gonna go back? <laughs> <Yeah. there? laughs> so the next, so it was almost like a, a prison movie. Like we go on the next break, and a, like five guys kind of close on me. You are an officer, <laughs> and uh, it That's turned awesome. out they were like we had four former officers, to include a, a lifelong friend of mine, Aaron Holly, was in that class. He goes, and he led the charge. You were a freaking officer. I was like, yeah. And he goes, and he started laughing. He goes, I was too. I was a captain in the 82nd. I was like, what? And they <laughs> nice. all told me their story. And and uh, he goes, did you drop your commission and go to PA school? I was like, no. Like I'm going to med school. Like I I just want to stay on the team as a medic. And he goes, huh? Okay. And then the next break was for lunch. And they were like, hey, you know. And I jump in a car with Aaron and like two other guys. And they were like, hey, where do you guys want to go to lunch? And and one of the guys was like, seventh group chow hall. And I'm like. What are the odds the dive team's in there? No, free, they, we always ate off base. No way. Yeah, we walk in and they're at the first table, the whole freaking dive locker with another dive team. They're like, "Oh my God, whose general daughter did you like?" <laughs> 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 I was like, "Oh my God," and I'm like yeah. literally wearing E five rank, so it was pretty funny. That is funny. So. What a great story. Yeah, that's, that's really. That's funny. how I dropped that first commission. Yeah. Wow. as, so, as far as the Air Force stuff, though, yeah. that was. Uh, so as a 18 Delta, um, I went on a couple of trips to the Middle East. I I kept kind of doing really small contract stuff, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah, and then after 9/11, I went from Columbia to start going over to you know Iraq, Afghanistan. By the time I processed as a direct contractor, and they they were like any but any indirect stuff that was going on, they were like look. We need to move everybody now. We need bodies. Like, you're all going direct. And we're like, okay, yeah, this, sure, whatever. Doesn't, our job doesn't change, and you're going to pay us more, right? Yeah, you're going to pay because there's no middleman now. I was like, all right, yeah, sounds great. So um, after about a year of deploying with them directly and going to Iraq first and then back and forth, Iraq and Afghanistan, um, they were like, RJ, you got to get out. Like, you cannot be gone for a year to 18 months with 19th group. Like, you've already skipped out on one deployment. They're not going to let you do it again. You need to just cut ties with those guys. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I like the guard and I like the guys. Like, uh, I'll tell you what, let me let me try and figure this out. So I went to Psyops. Hey, how, how long is your deployment? Same thing, year plus. Yeah. Uh, civil affairs, same thing. I was like, fuck. So I end up at a crash site in Columbia, South America. And Rob Trexler is a. Former Seventh Group 18 Delta, and so he's like, uh, you know, and I'm telling the story. Yeah, I guess I got to get out. I don't, I don't really want to. He goes, man, go be a PJ. I was like, dude, I can't go active duty. He goes, no, do they have garden reserve? I was like, really? So I looked into it, and sure enough, and uh, so I interviewed up in Alaska and New York, and uh, and I, my first question over the phone before I flew up and interviewed and took a PT test or whatever was, hey, how long's your deployment? And they're like, well. It, that's the thing you're you're going to have to be gone for at least a month and I just started laughing I was like seriously <laughs> and uh, like, yeah our deployments are a month minimum and if you want to stay longer if you volunteer we'll let you stay up to three months but after that you have to come home and I just started wow. laughing I was like dude this is Awesome. This is wow. this couldn't be any more perfect with that contract. It's like yeah. a la carte warfare. Just yeah. come and get some <laughs> yeah. and get back and
3: yeah. whatever you need. Man. Yeah.
2: And oh, so man. the That's average gray. the average PJ he deploys anywhere from uh four to eight months now, uh and you can. But in the Garden Reserve, we have so many guys that want to deploy that you can split the shift. So if we're in charge of an a area of operation Wait, for four months, you're you can picking up two, each other's shifts. Yeah, you can uh, you can do half. It's like a restaurant.
3: Yeah, exactly. like waitstaff, exactly. man. How hey, man, can you cover yeah. me? Yeah, can you can you cover come me in a little, a little early for me. Uh, me? And I'll,
2: I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. between special forces, PJs, and other special operations MOSs. Like, if you're on active duty and you want to get out, like, I don't think there's a better, softer transition to go into a reserve unit or a guard unit or to even start that way. Like, there's so much flexibility. There's yeah. no way if I'd gone active duty. As an officer, or even 18 Delta, there's no way I would have been Halo Scuba, no way. Um, but I was in a guard unit, and I had a relationship with, you know, the guys that I just made sure my, f- you know, Halo Scuba physical was current, and I yeah. called once a week, hey, is anything going on? Any schools? Any deployments? Any trips? And I just would just bug the shit out of them. Yeah. And sure enough, like that's how I got both Halo and Scuba. Like a guy broke his arm, and one guy. He's, like, really nervous about missing his sister's wedding, and boom, like, they're, yeah, we'll send you. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Man, you've,
0: you've, like, had a guardian angel or at least somebody, I don't know if it's guardian angel, but some kind of protector of long, like guiding you along the perfect path i was it's, gonna say you really yeah. played the system but that's
2: a it. It <laughs> yeah, no, no. That's, uh,
3: that's however, amazing man. Uh,
2: whatever happened i i uh, like i said i feel very lucky and and to be surrounded by guys like that just all that experience like and i'm just walking in just literally gallant was right like i hadn't even started shaving and these guys are like giving me decades of experience at every yeah. corner so i think being open to different opportunities and uh you know and wanting to learn and, and being curious and like oh, i can't wait to learn more and hey what's next what's next what's next you know and trying to look you know that one and two levels above you and how do we fit in and where's this all leading you know I, and i think being uh you know curious and open to stuff like that leads you to incredible journeys and places so
0: yeah 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 you have that open mind open spirit and somewhere along the line, the stars were aligned and
2: making sure that you were being taken care of. Are you still in the Guard? Yes, I'm a traditional reservist. uh, So I'm on my third commission as a combat rescue officer with the Air Force. I was a PJ with the New York team, the 103rd rescue. They were freaking awesome out on Long Island and West Hampton Beach. uh, So you went back and got your commission. Well, so I was up in New York, and I was just gone a lot with my civilian job. And they were like, hey, man. We love you like a brother, but you're gone a lot and you're read a lot. Like, why don't you go to the reserves as a part time reservist? Uh, Officers have a lot less currencies. Like, let's, you know, what do you think? Because, dude, you're read a lot. (laughs) So (laughs) I was like, "Uh, yeah, I'll check it out. You know, I don't mind. They were like, yeah, we actually need officers. It's a very new career field. And you were an officer before. Like, it shouldn't be that big a deal. And, I was like, yeah, I'll give it a... Like, I don't want to make you guys look bad. I'm here, like, if I'm helping, yes. If I'm not, I probably do need to go. So, yeah, let me go check out the combat rescue officer career field and see where it leads. And so that led me down to Florida, and I was close to my parents during their final years, and it just worked out. Like, uh, I live in New Smyrna Beach. You know, I I met Dylan and Connor, and, uh, you know, here we are. Like, it's all led to really cool places. When you got your commission back, you weren't obviously able to go
0: back to captain so you had to st- or yeah. where you went yeah. they did yeah yeah they did
1: oh shit yeah. <laughs> like, god i hate this guy uh, <laughs> this
3: dude is a carbon copy of 4187 <laughs> from the time he joined to the time. oh wow yeah, yeah. it was in
2: in new york like when i went i was yeah. i was i was going i was a, a i did drop a rank when i went from uh E7, 18 Delta, to physician assistant. They're like, well, you are an officer before. We have this, like, VA math that we're going to take, you know, quarter time. VA and math. Is. I love the way you <laughs> described yeah, that. You know, it's just something I didn't understand. But, you know, I, I yeah. walked back on as an officer for my second commission as a physician assistant, as a first lieutenant. And then to go to New York and sign in there, it, I couldn't be an officer because there was no part-time officer slot. So I went back to enlist, and they are like, Hey man, you're like, you're a Ranger 18, the Ranger tabbed 18 Delta physician assistant, and you're gonna be a PJ here. Like, you're a Hillow John Buster and a dive soup. So, we actually need new blood at the E7 level. We're not gonna take a stripe or even two from you. Like, we're gonna, like, you're gonna, are you okay with coming in as an E7? I was like, hey, as long as you know what you're getting, I don't (laughs) know anything about Air Force regulations or how you do business. (laughs) I do, however, know about rescue. Because I was on a CSAR team in Columbia as a civilian, and that was an amazing package, and I got a lot of great experience for a couple years down there. But as far as the Air Force goes, I'm not going to be an E-7, like, you know, maybe on paper, but that's as far as it goes. And if you understand that, I have no problem. Like, nope, you're an E-7, shazam. So Yeah.
0: Now, if they'd have done the same thing as an officer and said, "All right, let's see," uh, calculating back, you were a captain, so about right now, you'd be a lieutenant colonel. So we're going to give you full bird, no. you no. know, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no,
2: it didn't have that one. No, in fact, they, they, I thought they would make me a captain, uh, you know, day one captain. Yeah. And so, after I signed into the Patrick team, probably like. Seven months later, they were like, hey, are you ready for your major board?" And I was like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like a captain. I just started. Yeah. And they're like, no, you're a captain with two and a half years in. So in six months, you're going to be at three years captain wow. or major. And I was like, I, dude, I haven't done squadron officer school. I haven't. Like, no. Like, I'm not ready. No. Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's too bad. We're going to give it to you yeah. anyway. No, no, they didn't do that. <laughs> so you have to do your PME. Like, there's yeah. no getting around yeah. that. And I hadn't. So i I took a hard pass on the first go, and the second time was fine.
0: That's so crazy, wow. so getting back to brigands um what was the genesis then behind the name? Because people you know when you look it up it's you know a little bit of bandit yeah you know
1: <laughs> well, it comes from the uh the Abrams charter, you yep. know, so it wasn't supp- it wasn't supposed to be uh. Kind of what me and my brother and our kind of friends at First Bat used to get called like as a derogatory. <laughs> like yeah. we were, we'd finish up, uh you know, a long range day or whatever or Mlat, and we'd get home at 6 a.m. and we'd run to our barracks room and we're like, "Hey, Tybee is going off right now. Get the surfboards. Like, yeah. let's go." And you know, everyone was like, "Look at these freak. What a couple brigands made it through the ranks. These guys. Are like, what are you all doing?" And like, it was a joke. And we used to, we used to be like, "Man, I know it. You know, if." I apologize for the misquote, but something along the lines of, you know, if it's composed of any hoodlums or brigands, it shall be disbanded, you know, so it's not used in the best term, but we used to joke around and always be like, everyone here is a brigand, man. Yeah, that's you, how of many of you got into fights this weekend and alcohol-related and all of this funny stuff? That's the part about that, right? do know like no
3: hooligans and brigands. Like, like, do you know that's what ranger does? What you like, so that's we need those guys. Exactly.
1: I was like, yeah. those are the guys that win wars, man. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. um, that was our take on it. And we were like, you know, we have. A co, B co, C Co, D Co. What about Brigands Co. You know, like we're we're gonna we're like starting that. our own yeah. thing over here. That's awesome and, uh, and that's why we went back with the the original diamond, you know, and yeah. kind of pay homage to that. And it was a very much if you know, you know. And you know, I see people are like, What is brigands? And I'm like, You've never even heard the, the name, the term yeah. brigands. Like, that's how you say it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't them yeah. So we can snip them out. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. So, little things like that, we were like just kind of leaning into it. And then over the years, it's turned into the honor amongst thieves. And, you know, and um, so it was a little bit of a play on words and a little bit of irony there. But that's what sparked people. You know, I think I wore it to shirt or wore it to work before PT one day. And even my squad leader was like, where? you get that shirt. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was like, he was like, that's funny. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of funny. And he's like, but it looks sick. And it's, you know, so before we knew it, we were selling these t-shirts and the medium size to all the Rangers, uh, you know, working <laughs> the door and yeah, uh, working the door at rail pub and you know, all yeah. that stuff. So that's kind of where it took off. We had, uh, you know everybody was wearing the white the white brigand shirts in the gym and the black brigand shirts downtown so that's kind of where it took off at but
0: that is so cool but i've <laughs> noticed that you also gone to a different setup as yeah. well
1: <laughs> so originally this we were talking about this earlier just kind of even remembering how we the original logo was me and my brother just we grew up i think even honestly walking the streets of savannah at night you know walking home at Or all the way back to Hunter Army Airfield. That's about a four and a half mile walk alone, (laughs) you know, coming back home from the bar. I kept a switchblade on me all the time. And that's where it originally started, that greaser style, you know. I think someone had like a stiletto blade on them and, yeah. you know, protect your ass, right? And that's kind of how it started, just the original logo. And then um, if you want to talk about kind of bringing yeah. it into the the, the Fairbairn Sykes.
2: Yeah, I uh, they told me the story behind the switchblades and it was kind of a Savannah thing, first first bet thing. And I was like, hey, why don't we go a little broader? Because like yeah. my resume brings in a little more ish stuff and let's include as many units as we can initially and, and we'll just kind of grow from there. And I said, man, if we really go back, like... And I, and it, the uh, cross switchblades were hard in my brain. I was like, you know, actually World War II is Fairburn Sykes Daggers. Like, yeah. if you had one, you were yeah. in that unit. It's in, our, lo-
0: it's in our logo. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and
2: we didn't do the cross
0: because of the wings, and it would just been way too much. <laughs> right. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. we just did a single. Yeah,
2: yeah. so we... Uh, you know, and, and part of it... Uh, Part of it was like our branding and thinking about different things. And as we worked our way into building a website with some creatives up in D.C. that does the Third Option Foundation website, um, we started like figuring out what that was going to look like. And the guys in D.C., uh, the guy who helped design our website, our initial website, was like, hey, man, uh, you know, that's World War II history. Let's make sure that nobody can sue you Mm. for anything. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tweak this. I'm gonna make the hilt a little more narrow. It's not gonna look exactly like if you had one in front of you and you looked at your shirt, it's gonna be a a microsecond off, but it'll save your ass in court. And we're like, Yeah, sure, go for it.
3: That's probably smart. I mean there's a lot of I mean that goes (laughs) all the way back to the commandos that trained the Rangers at Carrick Fergus and you know the very early when we started modeling the different you know, special operations units. I mean, that's a long, long storied history of the Fairburn Sykes fighting knife
2: from from Rangers climbing the cliffs to like wild bill Donovan, creating a unit out of thin air, the OSS, you know, jumping behind enemy lines and getting it done and, you know, sabotage and the whole, like the world war two era and the mystique of it all. And, and that's the foundation of special operations as we know it. And the central intelligence agency, like he went off and created that later. Yeah. So well, you'll, see it. you'll see it. You'll see it on
3: the SF patches. You'll see it at the Ranger Memorial on Fort Benning. I mean, yeah. it's it's everywhere. It's, once, yeah. And once you see it, you're like, oh, that's what that is. And there's a million Chinese knockoffs you can find at flea markets <laughs> sure. and stuff for five <laughs> bucks. Don't I mess own with them all? Those. No, I'm
1: kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of where the logo came from.
0: No, it's it's totally cool because uh, for our logo, we had a guy that served with me, and um, we came out of Ranger uh, Third Bat and everything, and he was he was doodling all the damn time on a tablet. And so I reached out to him years later when I started the podcast and I go, can you take some concepts I kind of have in my head and he hand drew it and then yeah. sent them to me. You know, this is, I've got still the hand drawings of all of this and I'd play with it and I'd go like, ah, can you, you know, the Sweet maybe this, do this or that. do that or yeah. whatever. And then he converted it. And so I now know that this is a trademark. Somebody can't say this is something. No, 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 this sure. is hand drawn, yeah. you know? And uh, and then turned into a, and it, it, you're right. It's very important because there's so much stuff out there, you yeah, know, for sure. Knockoffs, you know. So you have to be very. So you haven't done the cross arrows yet or anything. You haven't convinced the guys that. Uh,
2: I uh, this seems more personal to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, and it, I think it just hits a broader audience. When no, I
0: love it, it because of yeah. the story you just said. If you, yeah. I think the cross arrows have been
2: like it's special overuse. forces, right? Sure. And and I think it just it it narrows that lens to special forces only. So right. when you see crossed arrows, you know, it's special forces, green berets, whatever you want to call them. It's that element. And we just want a wider audience. And, and we, we love the history behind it. Like wild Bill Donovan would have freaking like, I mean, World war war yeah. one. Yeah. Medal of Honor recipient. Like, yeah. You know, and he's a big part of a couple other things that we're into. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it seemed the we most just like fitting the to be, Yeah, the most yeah. broad
1: as well. Cause especially now, because we're you know me and my brother or myself, I'm no longer in the military. I'm not a part of that community anymore. So, I deal with a lot of the civilian side of it. But it's also bringing the same concepts to the special operations mentality or the things that we've learned along the way, and, and bringing that to a broader audience and and pushing that in everyday life. And you know, again, just try. It felt a little bit more all encompassing. Yeah, for that's interesting. And I don't
3: think there's a modern symbol. That i can think of that would really work like that either like uh, i'm trying to think like we don't use bayonets we don't we all carry a different kind of knife there's so many on the market you can kind of tailor it to what you need and uh, i can't think of a like the diamond is immediately recognizable for sure and I think it's even on a subconscious level because of private, Saving Private Ryan. Right. I mean, that's sure. like the, yeah, that's true. It's the yeah. World War II movie. You
1: know I referenced that? Look at their sleeve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, they did, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did
3: pretty good. good. Yeah. That yeah. One, right? yeah. yeah. Like yeah. a military Absolutely. advisor perspective. They yeah. really nailed that. But Tom, I mean, in, for Tom the Hanks'
1: compass was tied down, by the way. When he
3: pulled <laughs> that's right. He tied down. Yeah, that's right. That's, right. Tied, yeah, that's how realistic it. it was. Yeah, I remember seeing that.
0: And I was like, wow, they made Tom Hanks tie his compass down. Shit. That's crazy.
3: Dummy not Cool. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah, it is true though. I am one of those guys that watches a movie, and if they don't have their stuff in order, you lose me. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm checked out, and my wife will be like, Come on, just yeah. hang in there. And I'm yeah. like, Nah, I'm, I'm already I'm out. I'm already you give out. Give me one <laughs> <chip> <laughs> with with RD Beret, and yeah.
3: I'm out. Bro. I'm like, I, I'd rather put on yes. Harry Potter, yeah. 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 yeah, or the one that gets me, and it, it sucks because like there's a lot of old movies I like, yeah, and I, it's just so hard to watch anymore. Yeah. The guy's like firing from the hip. Yeah spraying i'm like that guy's not cool <laughs> he's not cool man yeah, like he's, he's supposed it. to be cool well, and, that,
2: and mentally that just stops you in your tracks man i yeah. am not taking one more step towards watching the end of this because yeah. i'm just pulled out of the story yeah. like you really have to fight to get back in it when something just grabs you like that See, and rough. that's I, I think you know for me the first movie i ever saw that just grabbed me and it was like they freaking nailed it and it would it's, it, it wasn't the details because I didn't even notice them because they were all right. It was the culture and the guys giving each other crap and it was Black Hawk Down. I was like, yeah, yeah. whoever advised on that was awesome. And I remember I had never watched the credits on any movie and I'm a huge movie fan. And in Heat, I stayed for the credits because I was like, you know, the holes in the cars were way too big, but the shooting and moving, the, yeah. the, 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 that sequence and that firefight you know, shoot, move and communicate was on point for heat. And I yeah. was like, okay, who did that? And I looked and it was uh, Andy McNabb who wrote Bravo 2.00, was the advisor okay. on that and I was like, I mean, everything was right about that scene at minus those holes, everything was right. They t- stopped all the ambient noise and you could hear them breathe. you could hear them shoot. You could hear the magazine hit the street when they were changing. Like everything was just on point. I was like, okay. Well, that movie still holds up. Yeah.
3: I know mean, like yeah. a lot of movies from that era. Yeah. Like ah uh, Bell you,
0: Kilmer's you work the, with the two four nine was good stuff. <laughs> I like that. I did
3: like that. You look at it, but that was the same time that like the John John Woo films were out. Oh, and yeah. like those are freaking awesome. Like Desperado was was out. But oh, yeah. you watch it now and it's You're like, so you get pulled theatrical out theatrical. Yeah. That you just like, can't blast a guy across a bar yeah. and it slides 15 feet with a handgun yeah. and they're throwing well
2: throwing you can bullets. but only in the movies, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the movies yeah. Yeah, exactly. but for know, guys movie. like you you know they just drop straight down and that's not it yeah. pulls you right hopefully. out of the story <laughs> hopefully yeah. yeah if you do it right yeah
0: well, you guys are now reaching out and, you know, you're talking about creating this brand. You've now created a community that's following along with you guys, I think, through this journey and starting to broaden that a little bit more. Now that you're starting to hone in and nail down what Brigands is, I can certainly see it, how it's starting to take off. And I'm like, I'm fangirling. I, I love what you guys are all about and what you're doing and everything. And and you've branched out into, you know, because you've gone and, and followed your father's tracks and, you know, gone into firefighting and um, those types of things. Now you're starting to embrace the LEO market and and get that, which is great, right? Sure. But then, RJ, you went off and just kind of did something totally different and creating another network, I think, too, with the other work that you're doing in studios and, and that type of work because you recently did some, well, you've done several movies, but you did, recently did some work on the... Uh, amazon prime uh jack ryan and um so what got you into that whole space
2: yeah uh yeah a long time ago uh i just happened to be at the right place at the right time and
0: um you the number of that (laughs) angel or whatever that keeps (laughs) getting (laughs) you yeah
2: Yeah. no i so i was uh i just graduated uh pa school i finished at fort benning my parents were living at marietta georgia at the time so that was like Hour 15 up to Marietta, and I could see him. And my grandmother was living with him, so uh, I wasn't in a hurry to. I was actually thinking about staying in Georgia to be a physician assistant. And um, as I was finishing, uh, one of my buddies was like, Hey, you're gonna do Best Ranger again because you didn't get to finish last, you know, the first time you went. I was like, Yeah, I would love to, but I'm graduating, you know, in September, I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do next. And uh, he goes, yeah, let me let me see. Let me think about this. I, I brought you over as an 18 Delta. I don't think I can get you over as a as a, a you know an officer PA. Let me let me figure this out. So he calls me a couple of days later. He goes, Hey man, there's a gap between the two active duty PAs. It's six months. It's from December to May. Like, best Ranger, please say yes. So I was like, Oh, definitely. Yeah. So I was like, But you're gonna have to call West Virginia and you're gonna have to you know by name request me. And then you're gonna have to mipper the guard money, and we'll, you know you're gonna have to figure something out. Like it's a lot of work to do that. He goes, I'll get it done. Don't even worry about it. And I was like, all right. So sure enough, you know, by the end of the week, he's like, hey man, the orders are in process. You know, you from December to May, you've got a job at Fourth RTB. I was like, all right, cool. So you know, I did that. So wow. unbeknownst to anybody at Ranger School and probably even Third Bat. Um, there were two like you've all been to Fort Benning, mm-hmm. Georgia. Mm-hmm. Like that little freaking army town you know it's like tattoo parlors and like you use car lots. Yeah, um, And I love Georgia but Columbus is a little different. That's definitely a military town. There were two huge productions going on at the same time. So when you were at really? the Chickasaw like you saw Josh Arnett uh, you know I mean it was, it was crazy. It was Black Hawk Down and then the okay third bat gotcha. was supporting them before they went over to morocco to film and then uh for ranger school it was we were soldiers yep. so it was mel gibson yep. and uh, okay. sam elliott and yeah. you know barry pepper and all these so all those casts were in town and all the crews just you know to shoot it and we shot a lot at fort Benning before they went out to california to do all the vietnam scenes but uh yeah it was interesting so we we're in a battalion meeting and like i had no idea about any of it like either production company and i didn't think that way back then and didn't really care and i was just getting ready for best ranger and and we were in a meeting and they, they were like hey kirby and casey you're gonna go take this crew through uh the darby queen and i was so just you like you got
3: volunteered for this yeah this is amazing Volunteered. <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: so uh anyways that was that was kind of my first uh you know look into the production yeah. and and so we took uh mel gibson barry pepper and that whole crew the the initial cast uh the ncos and officers that were in the story in the movie we took them through the darby queen uh, me and jamie did and jamie is like really tall and uh and i'm the short guy and there's there's two different ways to get through the darby queen and like dylan and i go through and we attack every obstacle the same way but if you're a tall guy you do it a little different so we showed them both ways and took him through it. And then the next thing I was on was Terminator Salvation and hit it off with Christian Bell was amazing. Uh, Tom Struthers, who's still a a great friend. Um, In fact, he's in Morocco right now. Um, He was on Jack Ryan and he got me on there. And he goes, hey, I want you and uh, I want two, maybe three other guys. I'm not really sure what this is going to look like because we already have a military advisor, but I want you as part of the, the maritime team and I need you to bring somebody else. And I was with Force Blue doing a turtle project down in uh, Big Pine Key, right next to Key West. Like sea turtles? Sea turtles, yeah. Okay. And uh, so awesome. we were doing, we were capturing green turtles and loggerheads and, you know, tagging them, taking their blood, taking their measurements and, you know, putting them back in the water. And um, so we were doing an AAR after that day and Tom Struthers calls me and he's like, hey, you know, I know this is uh, this is short <laughs> term, but... Uh, can, you come out, can you come out to Budapest in a couple of weeks? Oh, and by the way, can you bring a couple of guys? And I was like, well, what is this project? What are you looking for? And he goes, dude, it's Jack Ryan. I know you want to be on this. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Yeah. You know, what are we going to be doing? And he told me, he goes, well, it's, it's, you're not going to be the military advisor like normal, but there's this guy, Kevin Ken, He's a Navy SEAL, uh, and I think he's bringing one guy. I want to bring one or two guys. And he goes, but I need a maritime SOCOM agency background so i can sell it like i want a resume like yours and i'm like uh you want anything else like uh you know do you have any can you be more specific and he started laughing he goes no just do your best man i just send me whatever you can so and i was looking at a room cct navy seals marine recon like they were all in the room and i was like hey guys and it was at force blue, it's a really fun group. Like every resume is, is insane. Like all those guys have crazy stories. And, uh, so I was just looking around and, and Kaj Larson was the only guy who fit it to the T, but I had a CCT and he had a background and, um, and Jeff gum, you know, single life. Uh, yeah. And so I had all these guys and, um, I, I knew, uh, Rudy Reyes, he was already committed to a show, so he couldn't go, but it, it turned out to be me and Kaj linking up with Paul Thoma and Kevin Kent for the SOG team for season three. And then Tom Struthers was the second unit director and John Krasinski was amazing. So it was a lot of fun. So that, awesome. that's the start, and that's that's one of my last projects I was on.
0: Now, is this, getting roped, is this being pulled into as part of the Briggins brand as well? Or are you guys looking at getting Briggins as the, the
2: parent company? Well, no. So it's, it's nothing formal with the guys. But um, one of the things that we started early was, uh, in fact, we were in a bank when um, Tom Hardy and his producing partner called me to work on a show called The Things They Carried. Which yeah. there's a really amazing script, and they had it all set up, and it was it looked like it was going to be a go, and at the last minute, just kind of projects fall through all the time, and, oh, yeah. that, and that was one of them. But we were sitting in a bank, uh, Bank of America, and we were about to open up our business account for Brigands Co. As I got our business license, our EIN number, and uh, and now we had to get this bank up and running and start dropping money in it so we could you know start getting after it and. Um, and they called me and they told me about the project. And I was, and I was visualizing it in my head and I was like, man, you're gonna need a, a pretty robust pre-production training workup. Oh yeah. Uh, a lot of, you know, um, basically you like this, this element and this cast, it, it focused on a squad, infantry squad. Right. And I said, but you know, so at it the end of that- So to parallel
3: them, the book pretty closely? Oh yeah,
2: okay. yeah, very closely. There was a couple tweaks and I still didn't know why they did those. Because they included them, but different members were saying them. Oh, so yeah, it was it was yeah, it was kind of yeah. weird. But um, it followed the book extremely close, and I and I had read the book a couple times. You know, yeah. when we were in IOBC, we used mandatory reading, and then yeah. SF school if that was one of the yeah, books. If you're
3: looking for something to read, yeah, the things they carried, I mean, that yeah, might be the most important book to read about Vietnam if yeah. you want to understand the infantry side of things, the combat side of things. It's just. Phenomenal. One of the best yeah. books I've ever read.
2: Yeah. Was, Do you think that
3: project may still go forward at
2: some point? I mean, I, I know everybody I worked with on it up to the point where it got dropped hopes that happens. Because it okay. would be amazing. It
3: would yeah. be a great film. That's one of those ones that it's gotta happen, I think. Yeah, like the universe the, the universe day the day. is gonna make <laughs> yeah, that absolutely. one happen because it's just so. The, so well written yeah. and so the author's name escapes me at the moment. But yeah. he was an infantry right. captain or maybe a lieutenant. Vietnam, um, I mean, think they, they, were, they were army, right? Not yeah,
2: Marines. Yeah, it was, it was straight up infantry. God, so yeah, it's so awesome. Um, but uh, I was sitting there and I was like, and we were, we were kind of all three talking about what it could be. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hey man, I think you know, the, the world has enough uh, cliche veteran owned t shirt companies. Like, what if we're in a consulting company? Because I just, like, I stepped away. These are the guys I was just talking to, and I was talking to them about this project. I have to have a pre-production training, Mm -hmm. and then during production, I want mentors for each actor that are, they've already got the actor list, and it was almost like going to be the new Rat Pack. Like, all these actors were very up and coming, and they've, you know, a lot of them, over half, it was almost like Black Hawk Down, all those guys just blew up, you know, it was amazing. So that was kind of what everyone hoped would happen to this cast, and to tell this incredible story so uh i was like you know i'm gonna need mentors and i was picturing connor and dylan like as part of the core element and i was like we got to go do this like this would be awesome and we can bring yeah. we need other guys so what if we're a consulting company what if i try and get more guys like on spacex stuff and movie stuff and you know what if we start you know bringing more guys into force blue and different things that you and know, also
1: looking for the people that that need it too. That are getting out of fifteen year careers at whether they're yeah. at the pararescue unit or they're coming out of reg, uh, ranger regiment and they're they just got their medic license and stuff like that. Kind of where can we choose the right people that we can pay that forward and just get them in front of the right people and then you know, like just let them start to network themselves. But as you know, as you can tell, not everybody has fallen into some things like RJ has. (laughs) So it's like, Hey, if, if we can, you know, if they do need a couple people, like, Hey, let's go through the Rolodex and Hey, this guy really needs, he's looking for something big and he's got the certifications that, you know, that reflect that. So let's get him in front of there and maybe we can lead him down the right path. And next time we can use someone else and kind of keep shuttling people through
3: i think that's really that's really smart and i found an effective way to to help the veteran community at large is just if you can help someone upgrade their network Mm -hmm. you talk a lot about your network is your net worth but it's hard if you're you know you're from a bad neighborhood in brooklyn and you go off and you do these great things in the military you come back well your network at home may be just what you found in that not so great neighborhood so if you can get them in front of the right people and now you've got a friend that You you took him sailing. Now he knows a guy that owns a yard. You got him a gig on this. Yeah, it's about giving people the fishing pole. You know what I mean? Instead of fish, you know, it's like,
1: hey, we're we're gonna try and give you all the tools and get you in front of the right people, and then you keep that, and then well, and often, and
3: often that collaboration works out better than if you're just like, okay, this guy needs X, we'll give him X. But if you let that service member collaborate with that civilian, or maybe it's another veteran. They can figure out amongst themselves a better path for that guy, and it ends up being more organic. Usually, they find something more suitable if it works.
0: This is to me like an easier transition. Or military, because y- you think about it, we do a hell of a lot of acting already on active duty. You know, <laughs> well, I mean, when, when we put like on the I'm uniform, hungry, really. right? Yeah. Yeah. Acting yeah. like I care about this award yeah. ceremony, yeah. Yeah.
3: acting like I'm going to show up to your change of command. You know, when you, I'm not. You, you take off <laughs> Sorry, the uniform
0: sir. at home, you're a different person than when you wear it on the uh, oh, yeah. on on yeah. set. And yeah, you know, sure. you go through the days. People tell you where to be. That's your producer and director, and you know the whole bit. And Absolutely. so it seems like a an, a somewhat easier transition, especially some of them probably are not actors in the sense of having to read a script but just be there do this I, you know what
2: i think the military community is so comical and like when it's go time it's they're hundred percent 110 even for some of the guys and then you know when it's time to kick back and relax like everyone does everything more like when he yeah. was talking about going to college like they don't have that fire in their eyes like no, no not no. a chance like, you and know, you
1: know go know guys with our backgrounds can yes. just flip a switch like yes. no other profession you know what I mean yes. so I yeah. think that plays a lot into it you me? can't
2: wait to have fun you can't wait to get after it like yeah. you know and everything in between so and that's you know when you get on a movie set it's kind of it's funny it's kind of like high school there's different departments and they have different personalities and guys like us will always kind of defer to the stunt team. They're just hilarious. And that's, you know, you saw it yesterday. You know, we're on a track and we're just spinning cars around. And Eric, like he's a former firefighter. And we met on the script. And the, the, we met actually here in town at Black Hole Studios on Venom, the Tom Hardy movie. And yeah. he was like one of the main riggers and one of the main stunt guys. And really? uh, he was on Extraction too, And it was funny you said, yeah, it's kind of a natural transition. I, let me tell you how natural this last one was. We're on Extraction 2, Sam Hargrave is directing, Patrick Newell brings me on it. He's this amazing, I was telling you about him earlier, like he came from Brooklyn and like his dad was FDNY and all his uncles were NYPD. Oh, wow. He gets into producing and years later, you know, after he's done a lot of shows, I meet him through Kaj Larson, the whole SOG team from Jack Ryan. We just flew over to Prague to, uh, you know, take a break from Budapest and we had like a week off and uh so he and and um Kaj was like hey we got to go meet my friend Patrick so we go over and Patrick is there for pre-production on Extraction 2 so it's a Chris Hemsworth Netflix series or sequel for his you know Extraction 1 was yeah. pretty amazing right so yeah. they're gonna top it with Extraction 2 and Patrick's like hey you know I, I met him a couple times during that weekend and on the last time, before we flew home the next day, he was like, hey, RJ, you know, Kaj was telling me something about your background. You got a minute? I was like, yeah, sure, we'll lay it on me. What's up? And uh, he goes, well, I'm doing this movie. And I said, yeah, Kaj said, Extraction? The first one was awesome. And he goes, well, yeah. He goes, man, I. it was crazy. And nothing against set medics, but like, yeah i can't believe we didn't kill anybody on the first one like and i <laughs> i'm hearing about these stunts on the second yeah. one like we're gonna land a speeding helicopter onto a speeding train in the mountains like i'm scared to death what do we like like yeah. what's I, a bad day look like yeah, yeah. yeah. and <laughs> he goes <laughs> he goes yeah. hey uh you know i'm thinking of bringing you on this and i don't know if you're i don't know what your schedule is man but like i, I think we need help yeah and uh, so i was like okay well and he goes well you know like what could that look like? And I was like, I don't know. Like I'm picturing when you describe it, I'm picturing a helicopter full of people crashing into a train full of people and rolling down the mountain until whatever stops, it stops it. And God knows how long that is. Right. And I said, I'm thinking about, you know, two rescue crews, two rope systems, one to secure the aircraft to the mountain. So it doesn't go again and go any further. And then another for rope and crew to like, we got to put the fire out. We got to uncrunch the people that are, you know, penned, right. uh, if they're alive, we're going to get them to the right surgeon as fast as possible and, you know, hope it works out. Yeah. But that's, a, that's, he goes, Oh my God, I didn't think of any of that. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> what am I going to do? Right. So, uh, I was like, yeah, you know, I, Hey, actually I'd love to help with that. You know? And I said, but I'm going to, he goes, well, just so you know, I didn't budget for any of this. And I was like, well, just so you know, it just can't be me showing up like rescue. That's a team. Port. right you know we right. like i got to bring the right guys and so um you know paying it forward there's two guys in town on electric state with Patrick Knoll one of them's Brandon Forshaw was one of my team leaders awesome guy he worked for Rocco for years went around the world training you know actually confined space and all types of okay. rescue rope rescue mountain any environment like you know he and Dave Johnson who i brought over both on that movie Dave Johnson now works at Det 3 for NASA and they rescue astronauts and so they have to figure That's out how cool. to do that and all that craziness wow. and all the different environments those capsules and, and uh, ships can land. Um, you know, He's doing that and Brandon's here on Electric State as one of their main safety guys along with Tim Anders, another PJ I brought. Yosuel Garcia was the fourth PJ on that Extraction 2 team and their military job transit translated directly to what we did for that movie. We were on alert, ready for anything. And luckily, they didn't need us. I mean, we were always ready for the unthinkable, right. uh, worst-case scenario, and um, they just knocked it out of the park. And because uh, in between those really, really dangerous stunts, they were put on the stunt team to do different things. They, Brandon was an armorer for, you know, a couple, like a whole month. And uh, we just had a blast. And because those guys were open and, hey, how does this work? How does that work? And curious, like... They got to do a lot. And I was like, man, you guys are so spoiled. Like you're gonna be sag eligible after your first show. It took me like four feature films to get <laughs> that. And and you're seeing all these departments. Like you're really getting into these departments and doing all these crazy jobs. And so, you know, that's I, I hope we can get a lot more guys on to shows like that. And and you know, Gray Man Two's coming up, Extraction Three, there's uh combat control, there's you know there's so many projects on there i mean even projects that are still in script form that i just picture you know not only bringing a lot of veterans on but who knows where that's going to lead
1: projects aren't stopping anytime soon no. No. That,
0: no that's incredible though i mean what you guys are building and how you're you taking the skills and the network that you guys have had in in applying them in different ways because You know, you can tap into even the firefighter safety community uh, for some of this. Yeah, you can tap into guys you served with in the past, you know, and all this. And it's a great way to look at the brand and find ways to pivot to where it is that you can maximize your background, your network, your experience, and tie it in, you know, to make it work. It's. Really cool, and, what it, you guys
2: have done. Yeah, Going and, from T-shirts to what we're describing here. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's pretty insane. And, mm-hmm. and to bring that, uh, not just that knowledge and curiosity, but that, that fire to it and, uh, you know, and working hard and, and just trying to make things better and being curious about, hey, how can I help? Like that, uh, I remember being on the set of Inception and all of a sudden one of the you know, A-list actors just falls over. And the set medic was like, oh, you know, and, and I'm standing there with Tom Struthers, the stunt coordinator on that show. And he's, you know, a stunt coordinator for Christopher Nolan, so we've done a lot of shows with him together. And I feel very fortunate. He's one of my favorite directors. And, um, but this, you know, this actor just fell over. And the set medic, oh, I know what this is. This altitude sickness. It happens all the time. You know, I'll take care of it. And Tom's like, is that what you think? And I was like, no, we're at 7,000 feet. There's no way it's altitude thickness. Right. And he goes, well, what could it be? I was like, Tom, that could be anything from a freaking brain tumor that nobody knew about to a hangover. I don't know. Yes. Turned out to be a hangover. but <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. right? It was Ellen Page. I know. Yeah. It. <laughs> no, I don't know about that, but uh, I, I, that's a whole, you know, I'm yeah. not divulging no, that. I only but say that because yeah.
3: she's the most unlikely. <laughs> yeah. She didn't yeah. seem like she would be. Dude,
2: actually, she was a rock star. Like, she yeah. was awesome, and I know it's it's Elliot Page now. Oh, that's, right. Yeah. that's right. Yeah, but he never, like, first t- take every time. Like, And she was opposite another, the highest-paid actor on that show, who, yeah. it was so freaking cold. Like, he had somebody read words, like, she, not a whole sentence, mm-hmm. words. He would repeat them, and they just edited it later. She did everything first take, first time. Wow. Rock, like, she... I, 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 at the time I had a, a weapons little thing with her for a couple of minutes and then, uh, you know, and then I went away and I, I came back a couple of months later and she was like, Hey RJ, how's it going? Like, remember my name? Oh. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. She was awesome. Anyways, I digress. No, no, yeah, no, no. It's but, all uh,
0: good and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. so what I want to do though, is for those guys who are listening or gals that are listening to this and want to find a way not only to support you guys with, you know, buying your t-shirts or whatever the case may be but if they may be interested in the path that you guys are now going down and want to be a part of this whole community how do they find you guys
1: yeah so uh easiest for us is uh at brigands underscore co i believe it is on instagram uh take us right to our website websites uh brigandsco.com me and rj both have our personal accounts as well you can find them or not find them that's uh, there as far as what we're doing we're more focused right now um, obviously we have a lot going on on rj's side of things but on the day-to-day uh it's really pushing that service before self uh you know get out in your community and start trying to really in inflict change that that you can touch with your own two hands that's one thing in 2023 we're really trying to uh, me and my brother have talked a lot about hey we've got this yeah. following on social media, we've got these people wearing these t-shirts and you know, we are very minimal with our designs, very simple, because they were originally almost like a uniform, you know? It was the Briggins company right after Deco and Eco, you know what I mean? So it really was like almost our P t-shirt or anything like that. So we've kept it really simple, but especially in our you know Volusia County, Florida area, you see somebody with that t-shirt and it does mean something and you know you're almost vowing that you're going to be you're going to be the leader in the room when you've got the brigands co shirt on and that's one thing that you know we want people to keep in mind when they check out on the website and stuff like that so um yeah support us uh you know going to that website checking out the instagram uh keep an eye out for anything in Especially our area, we're going to try and we've been working with some other companies as far as community meetups and stuff. I was just getting ready
0: to say, you uh, guys just did a cleanup out there in New Smyrna Beach yeah. and stuff. So I was going to ask, is there a way for them to link up with you guys to do some of these things? And yeah.
1: Um, again, I stay pretty up to date, um, learning every day with the social media stuff. Uh, I try and keep it as up to date, whether it's the stories or posts or, you know, making any sort of announcements of things we got going on. Uh, I've been in contact with some people just in our area trying to get some. Some help over to organizations that are already existing, like United Way and stuff like that, that are just people in our community. That, you know, a big thing I was talking to RJ about earlier was I f- I'm finding it a little bit annoying now, and I, I get it from myself as well, of just people that just complain about the world these days, you know, whether it's the government or foreign policy or my own town or any of this stuff, and they're not doing anything about it. And well, I started to look back and is like, at, how often do I do that? How often do i am I like you know bitching and moaning about the world, and you know, well, we do have this following, and people are subscribing to this Instagram page and these black and white photos and these these t-shirts, it's like, what are we doing with them? You know, we're gathering these people that are all saying yes, yes, I, I love what you guys are doing. I love what you guys are saying. It's like, well, let's get these people together for something good, and right. the easiest thing for us is January first, keep n s b clean an already existing company or a nonprofit needs help cleaning up fireworks and junk off the beach after new year's Eve. Like, Hey, how about 15 guys in Co. shirts show up and just help out your, your organization. The fact like, you guys did that on new year's day. So <laughs> early, I was impressed It was at 7 a.m. We were like, Hey, the people that show up at 7 a.m. right now, these yeah. are the, these are the, 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 are the real people. OGs. These are the people for <laughs> sure. So little stuff like that. We're really trying to get into, like I said, the, the community and public services, you know, I was, uh, I think the way I described it earlier was I want these Brigands Co. shirts to, if you buy them in California or Maine or Oregon or wherever the heck you're at in the world, they're, I see them as little embers that go out there that can spark a wildfire in any other state. And that's what I really want to push is looking it, for chapters
0: out there. Then? Absolutely. Okay. Okay.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it's about scaling the mindset of it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, yes, we have Dylan and Connor and RJ, but. Man, what if we had 30 of those guys, and they're all yeah. over the place, like you know, kind of pushing that mentality, and anyone can do that, you know what I mean? So that that's really what we're trying to lean into this year, and uh, and it's the easiest with us with with the first responder and the LEO community and stuff like that. So that's. I'll, uh,
2: I'll tell you another thing too is that like I know this is a military centric, and you know your crowd is is getting wider by the day. So congratulations on you. all your success. Thank you. Um, and really thanks for having us on. Uh, but I think the other thing too, to keep in mind is I think we're all trying to spread goodness to different things. So if you're like, we know single moms with two and three jobs and kids and like this crazy life, just kicking ass and crushing it. Like that's, that's what we want more of. That's what the world needs more of, you know, not just, you don't have to be a firefighter. You don't have to have former military. Like you can be anybody and if you feel the urge man join in and and do some goodness
1: regardless of what our current jobs or our backgrounds are whatever community we've been affiliated personally with it's like there's a reason why we changed our bio on our instagram to highlighting those who set the standard yeah wherever you are whether you're do what you love and do it honestly like that is the only thing brigands co will ever care about so whether you are the single mom whether you are the special operator whatever you're doing if you can promote the best of yourself in whatever field let's get a shirt on your back and and spread that fire for sure I like it
0: yeah good thank stuff. You good stuff, man. Appreciate you both coming on. So can much, I ask man. you guys that next time you're around in town or something, you, you let us know so we can do something like this again. Cause I can oh, certainly I just, see us having
1: oh, this yeah. kind of conversation
0: again for like <laughs> yeah. another two, three okay. hours. Absolutely. Seriously. absolutely. Yes. It felt we like family uh, coming yeah. in. I really appreciate you guys coming you know, in, man. A all long this way. Time
1: coming. Thank you so much. And congrats to y'all success. I, I, I like I said, you guys were the first podcast I ever listened to when I was got my first civilian job outside a regiment and you guys helped me through a lot of things over the the year, so yeah. I, I really do. Oh appreciate man, I appreciate, yeah. man. I no, That's I appreciate awesome.
0: that kind of feedback, and I can tell you that it's folks like you that made us what we, <laughs> you know. And I mean, you know, by you guys following us and listening and telling other people about it, we've grown all organically. I, I don't spend, yep. you know, money out there advertising and stuff like this by word of mouth. And so, thank you for going out there and doing that to help us. Absolutely, so, long
1: time listener, yeah. first time guest. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, appreciate yeah. it, guys. Thanks, Great yeah, meeting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. awesome.